tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries, and your number one source for after-show entertainment. TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Let's go, everybody. It's the AfterBuzz TV after show for Limitless, Season 1, Episode 9, entitled Headquarters. I am your lead host, Frank Majorana. You can find me at on Twitter, at Let's Go Frank M. And I am all by myself tonight, alone, left by JB and Amanda, who are both out today. Um, so I will be here steering the ship tonight. So... Unfortunately, you guys are stuck with me. But uh, we've got a great show ahead for you anyway. It was an awesome episode tonight, uh, which we'll get into recapping uh, right away. But first of all, I like to start our show with our social media shout-outs. And this week, for those of you who are watching on YouTube right now, we had an incredible fan art submission from our, our super fan out there, Fantasy Sports Guru. Uh, he sent in this picture, and for those of you who are listening on the podcast, I'll retweet it. You can find me on Twitter again at Let's Go Frank M. Last week's episode, you'll remember Brian has this daydream of Nas going to um, the department to um, Langley, Virginia, and kicking the butt of the agents at the um, at the headquarters there. So, um, our fan Fantasy Sports Guru went and made a picture. Um, with the Nas graphic on the bottom and with JB, myself, and Amanda on top. And he photoshopped us into the photo fighting an army of Sv- Phil Svitek, who is the head honcho around here at AfterBuzz TV. And it's just the most incredible thing. I mean, Fantasy Sports Guru, you are the man. He realized that I'm a Michigan fan, put me in the Tom Brady jersey. That was super, super cool. So that is, honestly, we cannot hope for better when it comes to social media interaction. So, guys, if you can top that out there, use that hashtag ABTV Limitless. Send us in your fan art submissions, but I think he's gonna gonna take first place for the season so far. So thank you so much for out that for that out there. I cracked up seeing that. Um, we showed it to the people around here as well, and uh, we all got really good laughs about that. So thanks a lot. Now getting into tonight's episode and the contact content of the show, um, we had some good uh, tweets from Vern, our boy at Vern's Views tonight. Said this was a very colorful episode to watch. Um, this episode's uh, very high. The box scene was amazing. Um, and then, of course, he pointed out the fact that one of the actors on tonight was uh, who played Lawrence was actually in uh, – he was made famous by um, being in The Wire. He played a uh, politician who made famous saying, shit – over and over again. It's uh, it's an iconic meme from the show The Wire, and it was good to see him out there today. Um, one other question that we had from you guys out there is what happened to Emily Crowdell, who was a host on this show at the beginning of the season. Emily is actually on another show, uh, an after show here for My Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, so you can check her out on that channel instead. Um, she has always something 
unique to say, um, so you can check her out on that. So getting into tonight's episode, Headquarters, we find Brian at the beginning of the episode in insisting on having his own workspace, a a headquarters with an exclamation point. There were a lot of references in tonight's episode to the untouchables, which was most obviously pointed out when he made t-shirts that said the Bruntouchables, um, which was pretty, pretty cool, pretty spot on, on the nose, but funny at the same time. So I really like that. But for me, the favorite part for this episode was the final scene between Brian and his dad. It was very touching to see, you know, Ron Lufkin with Jake McDermott um, acting together because we haven't seen a scene with Brian and his family in a long, long time. Um, as we saw when he meets with his sister and she comes over and they smoke and have a moment with each other, she says, we haven't seen you in months. And just a few months ago, you were begging dad for rent money. And now here you are in this incredible apartment uh, provided to you by the FBI. And it all strikes him a little bit strange. Um, so for me, this was a scene that's been coming for a long, long time. And we finally got to see the real interaction between Brian and his dad. And I loved some of the lines that came out. Uh, I wrote down that Brian's dad said, you know, I just can't have a relationship with you if I don't know what's going on in your life. And uh, he also said, you've never lied to me. I would suffer for you. I would die for you, Brian. Um, and that is ultimately what breaks it for Brian. And now remember, he's taking a tremendous risk because Mr. Sands has told him you absolutely cannot tell your family. Um, Brian's dad's nurse, who is a part of the Eddie Mora organization, has shown up at um, Brian's house with his dad administering medical care to him and has said, as long as you do everything we say, your dad's going to be fine. Well, now... Brian is revealing the source of his power. It's not directly related to the Moore organization just yet, but that reveal at the end of the episode is going to have huge repercussions for the rest of the season. Um, it was a groundbreaking moment for this show because so far Brian has avoided any contact with a deeper relationship. Instead, he's pushed them all away. Remember a couple episodes ago when he met up with his ex-girlfriend um, and Mr. Sands says, you know, you can't have her in your life. We will get to you. Um, we'll get to your girlfriend. And ultimately, he, Brian, decides that the best way to protect her is to break up with her. Now, we missed that breakup scene, which we talked about and that I really wanted to see. But all throughout this season, we have seen Brian turning away from deeper relationships so that he doesn't get so far that he feels like he has to tell somebody his secret. Well, with your dad... You know, his relationship is already established for a long, long time. And when Brian's dad brings him the mementos of when Brian screwed up or cheated, um, that he explains, you know, why that he had done bad things in his life, he's always been open and honest with his dad. And when his dad brings that evidence to him and comes from such a place of love, I think ultimately that was the straw that broke the camel's back with Brian because now he has to be real with his dad. It is his dad. But he's taking a tremendous risk doing this. Now what happens if Mr. Sands finds out? What happens if Eddie Mora finds out? There's going to be repercussions starting next episode that are going to be really, really tough for Brian because you can't tell people that you're on this pill because then outside interests can target you. They can target your family. So this is something that has been warned about for a long time, 
and now it's going to come to pass. One other thing this episode that I thought was really, really important was that they gave an NZT pill to somebody outside of the FBI or that organization. So far, we've only seen pills being given to previous test subjects, to Brian himself, um, and never to anybody else. But in this episode, Brian comes up with the idea to give Lawrence a pill so that he can recall the night that Lawrence's wife died. This is big because they haven't given the pill to anybody else. And this solution is scary for me because if this is the solution to this problem where they need recall from a criminal who they think is innocent, how many more times in the future are they going to keep going back to that? Once you open Pandora's box, can you put everything back in? And I don't think that they can. I think ultimately this is going to be an option that comes on the table far too often going forward. When you get into a really, really tough case and if you have a difficult witness that you can't get everything out of, are they just going to turn and say, all right, well, let's give this person NZT because they broke through a barrier here. Um, one other thing during this episode that was interesting in its in its shortness but um, still I think could have a profound impact moving forward for this season is the conversation between Casey and Boyle in the car. So Casey is currently in a relationship with Rebecca. We'll remember he was there a couple episodes ago. And now he's back working on Brian's team, the Bruntouchables, to capture the FBI's 10 Most Wanted. But they're in a car together, Boyle and um, and Casey, that is, sitting together talking about, you know, they're chasing a target. But at the same time, um, Casey turns to Boyle and says, come on, it's got to be a drug that Finch is on. And you know, Boyle hymns and haws and kind of says, well, maybe it might be a pill that he's on. But ultimately, Casey's smart enough to figure it out. But the big point that he made, the big question and what made me have a light bulb go off was that he said, have you ever thought about taking it yourself? What would that do for you? And it's, it's just it leaves me with the impression that more and more people are going to want to have access to this pill. And if Brian is going to give it to criminals so that he can solve a crime, and if those closest to him, like Boyle and Casey, are starting to get an idea in their head where they should be taking it too so that they can be on top of the world and they can solve crimes at the same time, I think you're going to have an, a, a really out-of-control effect, and which is something that I think Nas is trying to keep um, very, very tight, is that NZT only goes to one person and one person only, and that's it. I did think Boyle had a good point when he said, you know, the reason I don't take it is because I think once you take it, you can never stop. And that's a great point because – and it is a possible rationale as to why he doesn't want it more than that. And remember, too – they are all under the impression that Brian has some sort of immunity, which we, of course, know that he doesn't have, that he simply has has no side effects due to the shot that he's getting from the Moore organization. So NZT is playing a much bigger role in this series as it goes forward, and it's starting to tempt other characters that are close to Finch. So it's something that we need to watch as we're going forward. 
as to who is going to make a play for more of the NZT. Who wants to access that side of their mind so that they can take a, a step forward in their careers or change their lives or, or solve a big case? I think that's going to be very important. Of course, we had the FBI's 10 Most Wanted. Um, Brian comes up with the amazing idea that he should catch all 10 of them and let's just sweep it, um, which to me I thought was a little bit cute. I think anytime one of the FBI's most wanted is the top 10 is uh, is captured in real life. It's a huge news story. I mean, when Whitey Bulger was caught in Santa Monica, the entire United States media had a story on this person being caught and what the story was and what the cr- crimes were that he committed. And so for Brian to catch seven of the 10 most wanted in what seems like a very fast amount of time, I think would be international news. It would be this huge news story. And Nas kind of alliterated to that when she said um, that every agent in the building wanted to be a part of Brian's team and that ultimately the FBI was shutting their division down because they're not fugitive chasers, which I thought was lousy reasoning because if you've got some guy who is getting seven out of ten of the most wanted criminals in, you know, on the FBI's most wanted list, let him go. Let him go get the rest of the criminals. Why would you want him to stop? It doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, so I think that was a logic problem with this episode um, because when you've got somebody that talented making plays and, and getting all of the most wanted criminals out there, you keep them going. You keep them happy. You keep them fed. You do what you have to do to make sure that this person keeps working together. And I think the notoriety that would have came with solving all these crimes in such a small amount of time would also be a huge part about this episode. And I think going forward, it would be really interesting to see what would happen if Brian is – if the media finds out who he is, if all of a sudden he has a lot more exposure um, to everybody out there because – a lot of people want him. The CIA kidnapped him uh, a couple episodes ago without asking. Um, so we're seeing signs of that already. But I want to see what happens when Brian just has everybody tugging at him. He's not in this protected shell, um, which is around Nas and Rebecca who watches over him, but is just wanted by everybody and every force wants to get him on his side. I think ultimately that that can really add some interesting elements to the show, which are, you know, above and beyond the case of the week um, element that we have each and every week. Um, one thing I was disappointed about, but in a fun way, was that we didn't get to see Nas's daughter tonight, just a total cutie. And I would have loved to have her back. So if anybody from Limitless is listening out there, please bring back Nas's daughter because she's very, very easy to look at. Uh, and we are uh, big fans of her, her on this show. Um, um, the other thing I want to remind you guys about is that you can follow us on um, on Twitter at Let's Go Frank Am. Use that hashtag ABTV Limitless. Be sure to subscribe to us on you on on YouTube and on iTunes. You can leave us a review and um, comment in the YouTube post so that you can be a part of the discussion. At the beginning of every week, um, every show, we sit down together. When I have people who like to join me on the show, my hosts are missing, um, we like to sit down and go through your comments and, and see what you had to say about this week's episode, last week's episode, and where you think the show is going. Um, so we actually had a couple new uh, comments that have come in so far during the middle of the show. Um, Vern says... Um, 
you you are always watching, so I appreciate that. And uh, the scene with Boyle and Casey is a big deal. Definitely going to come up later, and also how they can't control Brian. So that that's another interesting point because Brian took a step up to a new power level this episode. He now suddenly has his own team, and through mostly just badgering Naz over and over again until he can have his own headquarters and his own team, he becomes very powerful. He creates this division of people who are chasing ultimately the FBI's 10 Most Wanted, which again goes back to my point to say if you have some team that is this successful, you break them up based on a jurisdictional Difference. I really don't think that that was particularly reasonable. Um, but I did like that Brian is choosing his own casework, that he's moving up in the, in the FBI, and he's becoming more of a valued asset um, because he's being really, really successful out there. He is great, and he's great at solving these crimes, of course assisted with Rebecca's natural talents um, to bringing these cases Two conclusions. So I like that a lot. He's really funny. Uh, Jake McDormand is doing such a great job with the character now that he is totally free from the movie. He has relaxed into the character and is making it his own now. He's very funny. He has a very flippant attitude, um, which I like, uh, especially for this character because Brian is... You know, he's a lazy slacker that became a, a integral asset to the FBI, and but at the same time, he keeps his fun personality. Um, we saw some cool visual things in this episode tonight. I really liked the um, the sensory perception that he had when he could smell, he could see the smells of Lawrence and track him down. That was a kind of nice supernatural feeling effect. And then there was a purple aura around Rebecca which I found interesting, and, and Brian was kind of stunned by that, too. She was hoping that she wasn't pink, of course, but she's purple, which seems about the right color for her. But I like that. I like that visual element, and there's always something new um, in each episode that gives us that sort of um, visual gift that adds to the understanding of the case and adds to our understanding of what's going on with the characters and the interconnectedness between them. I mean, Brian starts the episode with clay figures of the FBI's 10 Most Wanted and puts them all on a big globe, which is a, a really easy way for us to understand as an audience where each of these criminals are, where the the um, the touchables are in the world trying to track them down, um, because um, he sends Mike off to Puerto Rico and Ike off to Greenland. And so we know just seeing the globe that Ike is up there freezing his buns off while Mike is down in uh, Puerto Rico laying at a at a nudist resort, which was a really funny episode, by the way. I really like that. Um, the creators of the show have obviously found that there's this great comic foil in having Mike and Ike as Brian's body, bodyguards and his sort of, uh, you know, people that don't really work for him. They're mostly babysitters for Mike and Ike, but the way that Brian talks to them and uses them has sort of morphed into this really funny comic relief. Um, we saw at the end of the episode with, um, with uh, the final montage, 
Brian <laughs> meets up with Mike and Mike is completely dressed in drag and they're walking down the street. I, I laughed out loud watching that scene. Um, but there were some really funny cut scenes at the end of that episode, which left us off on a real high note. I loved Brian's dad scene. And then we saw just a montage of, of really, you know, humorous scenes going on between the team. Um, one other character note I wanted to make was I thought Boyle took a step back this week in terms of how he was written. I really liked him last week. We were peeling back the layers of the onion with his character. He, we understood his motivations last week. We got to see him deceive his bosses for the betterment of Rebecca and Brian's mission. This episode, we were back to Boyle being the antagonistic, um, you know, foil for Brian. And they're not that way. We've seen their their relationship grow so far. And Brian does create this team and includes Boyle on it, but he had kind of a snippy little remark Boyle did where he says, um, was that, I thought you were about to give me an order. Like, you don't talk that way to me, son. Uh, it, it just didn't ring true. I thought their relationship was getting a lot better. And now when that happened, I thought, well, we we saw last week where Boyle makes a tremendous sacrifice and goes out and puts himself on the line with his bosses to deliver a fake thumb drive and, you know, set himself up for all these promotions. And he played A. Dick Johnson um, to, to perfect effect so that it would help Brian and Rebecca achieve their goal and finish out their work. Uh, and now he was back this week to, you know, just being, you know, kind of sour that Brian was in charge. Um, but ultimately it leads to results. And I think he sees that. So I'm hoping when we see future episodes that their relationship is going to continue to grow and get closer um, because they're part of the same team. They're on the same team. I, I really don't think there's a power struggle. Brian, for all his cockiness and smarts when he's on NZT still has this altruistic, humble quality to him, which is, I think, what makes this show really successful. I mean, CBS is getting 11 million viewers a week for this show. So there's tons of people watching, and I think it's primarily due to the fact that, number one, it's a fun show. It's it, it's an interesting watch. So there's something different every week about it. But ultimately, our lead character is somebody that we can root for. Brian is somebody who helps others before himself, he is sort of this ideal character where, yes, he has fallen into some supernatural abilities, but he's so he cares so much about people other than himself that it makes us really root for him and tune in each week to go, oh, yeah, I wonder what Brian's up to. You know, who is he taking care of this week or what adventure is he on? So for us as viewers, it gives us an incentive to come back every week. So I really like that. Um, Brian is continuing to be funny, and, but but being more and more comfortable with his role within the FBI. And ultimately, it's separating this show from the movie more and more. Because we never really had Bradley Cooper as Edward Mora being a part of a crime organization and solving cases. He was ultimately somebody who was out for himself and became a senator. And obviously, he, he plays into the TV show, which is great. But I like the show in that it's becoming its own unique um, story, that this is something that we haven't seen before. And, and each week is brand new original storytelling. So I really like that. Okay, so I want to move into our final segment for today, which is um, my predictions for what's coming up. And now... 
So number one, I think Casey is going to have a bigger role going forward. We haven't seen him in a couple weeks, but Rebecca and him are in a relationship. And I think now that Boyle has released that information to him about uh, about the NZT pill, that Casey's going to come back to Rebecca and say, you know, what's going on with Finch? Um, why can't we get a hold of that? And I think he is ultimately going to be the character who steps up and tries to get the pill for himself so he can advance his career. There's still a lot of chemistry between Brian and Rebecca, even though we know that both have separate love interests. Um, Brian with Nas's daughter, please bring her back, and Rebecca with Casey. But there's still such a strong chemistry between them and obviously a tremendous amount of trust. If Rebecca is going to leave a crime scene and come meet with Brian, who is with one of the FBI's 10 most wanted, their bond is so strong right now and it's almost inseparable. So I think that's going to be tested moving forward when Casey uh, makes a move and, and potentially sees the chemistry that, he, that they have or wants to get a pill for himself. He brought it up in the car with Boyle, so it's clearly on his mind, and I think it's going to be something that he really pursues um, truly, truly hard. Um, the other thing I want uh, that I'm going to predict here, well, I'm going to predict that Nas's daughter is going to come back. That may be wishful thinking, but I'm going to predict that she comes back and we get a relationship for Brian. I was wrong about last week's prediction. I predicted that Brian and Naz's daughter would be full on boyfriend and girlfriend, Facebook official by the end of the episode tonight. And of course, we didn't even see her at all. So I was completely wrong on that. But I will say that I believe that they are going to get together eventually. And But I, I really like that idea because... Like with Boyle last week, with seeing the, the layers peel back of his character, I think having a relationship for Brian, someone that he loves and really cares about outside of his family, because we, we see the relationship with his dad, but having a love interest for Brian would add another layer to the character in, in seeing how he handles the pressure. Because I, I really don't want him to be alone. I think he's a great character, he's a great guy, and he has a lot to offer to a woman, and so despite the fact that he has to keep one secret from her, I would like to see the struggle between the way that he, you know, he has his work life, but then also a personal life too, and, and how he balances the two. I think, again, we would understand a more deep understanding of, of who he is and ultimately, you know, add a little bit of uh, a little bit of spice to each episode. So I'm hoping that is with Nas's daughter. Um, my last prediction for tonight um, that I wanted to make is that um, – oh, I wrote it down here – that I think obviously the end of the episode was all just montages and jokes. So it's not like Mike has become director or anything like that. But I think Mr. Sands is going to show up next episode and he's going to um, – he's going to have a talk with Brian about his dad knowing about NZT. I think Mr. Sands is going to know that Brian told – and that's going to lead to serious repercussions for him. Uh, I'm scared for Brian because he made an agreement that he wasn't going to tell anyone, and he told his dad tonight, which was a, a great cliffhanger and, and an awesome scene, and it shows the trust between the two. But this organization, Eddie Mora's organization, is too they're, – they're too on top of everything not to know. 
And so I think ultimately they are going to know that Brian told him and that that's going to mean some serious consequences for Brian's family. So anyway, I want to thank you guys for listening this week. I will be back next week, same time, same channel. Until then, you can find me on Twitter at Let's Go Frank M. I am Frank Majorana. This has been your AfterBuzz TV After Show for Limitless. Go out and have a blessed week. We'll see you back soon. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After Shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.